Hello, and welcome to the Emma's for Mama podcast. I'm your host, Abby Halberstadt, happy wife, mama to 10, Bible-believing Christian. And before we get going on today's podcast, which is our very last episode of 2023, I want to highlight for you one more time in this year, our sponsor, Milk and Honey Jewelry. They make beautiful heirloom, pass it down to your kids, keepsake jewelry out of your breast milk or formula to commemorate that time feeding your little one or little ones, plural. They have quite the collection that you could gather through the years. And if you've got some Christmas cash burning a hole in your wallet, I guarantee you this is a wonderful, long-lasting, beautiful way to spend it. You can use the code ABBY for 15% off. That's A-B-B-I-E at milkandhoney.jewelry. Okay. So as I mentioned, this is the last episode of 2023. I started this podcast a little less than a year ago, and I was thinking that I was going to end the year with an even 50 episodes. There are 52 weeks in a year, I realize, but I pre-recorded as many episodes as I could get to in the crazy leading up to our trip to Europe. And I was short too. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll be at an even 50. And that's a great number of episodes to have released my first ever year of podcasting. Super happy about that number. And then I was looking at the um, the list of episodes and I realized this was going to be episode 49. Womp womp. And I'm like, what a strange number to end on, but that's okay. So I was trying to figure out if I had missed another week somewhere. And my son, Ezra, who produces this podcast, reminded me that I actually did not start podcasting in the very first week of 2023. Um, And that makes sense because I usually take off the last week of the year and a little bit of the next week. So I was probably still kind of reorienting myself for the coming year when I started this podcast. That seems like a really long time ago. So I can't tell you my exact reasoning, but I bet that was it. In fact, that is what I'm about to do is take my yearly hiatus of a week to a week and a half from any blog work, any social media, any podcasting. So we'll see how it goes. I'm planning on releasing an episode the first week of January, but I reserve the right to still be on hiatus depending on how I'm feeling about things. We'll just see where the spirit leads. So I thought it would be really fun to do a recap of 2023. I know some of you are new listeners. You just found me. Maybe you're binge listening to episodes. And I wouldn't normally say that because, you know, that's really flattering and mind-blowing to me that someone would binge listen to episodes or binge watch episodes if you're on Spotify or or YouTube. But um I hear from people that find me and then they start just listening to episode after episode, which which makes sense. They kind of have a rhythm and a flow to them. And so I could see how you could be catching up if you're a new listener, or maybe you have been following along with a blog since it was called a completely different thing 12 years ago. Originally, my blog was called Five Days, Five Ways, not MS for Mama. Maybe you're a longtime reader and you've been following along with the podcast. Thank you so much for sticking around for so long and being such a faithful friend here in this crazy world of social media and the internet and podcasting and just cool ways of getting to know people, even if I don't ever get to meet them in real life. And, or, or maybe you are just jumping in, seeing a topical podcast that interests you listening here or there so that you don't know the whole story of 2023 and maybe a recap could be fun. So let's just give it a go. Um, January of last year started out already hitting the ground running right after Christmas because 
And Ms. Ramama, my first trade book had released in uh, February of 2022. And it had kind of kickstarted a round of podcast interviews and speaking requests and homeschool conferences and things like that, that were fairly new to me, but great timing because at that point, Titus and Toby were turning two. I had, I was on the verge of weaning them. Um, I didn't actually for a little while after 2023 started, but they weren't eating as much, weren't as reliant on me for all the comfort and all the food. And so it was just an interesting kind of transition into a little more flexibility of schedule, a little more ability to travel. And so I had some things booked already in January for the spring, which I knew staring down the barrel right away was going to be a very, very full season, um, which has been true of the entire year, but especially in the spring and the fall. And so, like I said, I had a homeschool conference that I was speaking at and um, Sean and I had some travel that we were looking at. But the very beginning of January, I just knew that this desire that I had to podcast was finally coming to fruition because I finally had a teenager that was old enough to take on the responsibility of helping me edit. I knew that I've said this before in other episodes that I could handle the episode creation that I felt like I had endless amounts of inspiration for topics that the, what do you want in a Wednesday Q and a that I do on social media was providing me with ample material to talk about and to address and to dig into biblically and to research. But man, did I not want to do the episode editing or the figuring out of how to host it on platforms. And so I had said for a long time and actually been asked for a long time, almost every single week on that Q&A, would you consider doing a podcast? I really like that format, being able to you know put something in my ears and do laundry or do dishes or you know whatever other tasks, drive to and from work or when I commute with my kids or whatever, carpool. And so it was something that I felt the Lord tugging my heart to do, but it just hadn't logistically been possible before then. And it's kind of funny that that was when it became clear that I could handle it because of how full the spring was already looking. But sometimes some things just make sense, even if they don't make sense. If they don't make sense on paper, they just make sense because your brain is ready to handle it. And like I said, I had the staff, <laughs> the son that was ready to go. Um, so I hired Ezra to do podcast producing. He figured all of that out for me. We worked on it together. And I started the second week in January, which is the same week that we went back to homeschooling. We do a once a week homeschool co-op. And so we were jumping right back into homeschooling for the spring semester. Um, if you don't know, if you're not a longtime listener or reader, we hired my mom to come two days a week to help out with whatever. And so we were just going right back into that routine and we were throwing this podcast into the mix. And understandably, a lot of my topics have come from all of the questions that you guys asked me. And so a lot of the, a lot of the FAQs that I've tackled have been because they've been asked through the years and so often that I knew that they needed a podcast episode of their own. Um, hit the ground running with that. And then my first speaking event was in February, I believe, at a homeschool conference. Really fun experience. Super sweet ladies. Um, pretty pretty decent sized event. I think there are about 350 people out there. And it's, it's, a, it's a Midwest Parent Educators uh, Conference, which is in Missouri. It's in Kansas City, which is like right on the line between Kansas and Missouri. And that was just such a pleasant experience just 
such a great kind of kickoff to that speaking season that I had. Um, treated so well, so kindly, so warmly in such a welcoming fashion. So absolute blast there. At the end of February, my publishing house, Harvest House Publishers, flew us out to um, their headquarters in Eugene, Oregon. And people, when I was posting about being in Eugene, were like, what in the world? Who comes to Eugene? You know, like, like what a kind of random place to be. But it's, it's where my publishing house is. And it is this cute city. Um, and they put us in a cute hotel. And we had some business meetings to plan out some future books and talk about logistics for, at that point, was my upcoming book, Hard is Not the Same Thing as Bad, which was pre-ordering that spring and then releasing this fall, which it has done. And um, then they actually gave us a couple of days on the coast in their company condo. And Sean and I went hiking on this beautiful um, bluff area and up in the woods. And it was just gorgeous. So such a fun experience, completely different scenery and, you know, kind of look than East Texas, beautiful area. And we had gorgeous weather. We even got a little bit of snow, but it wasn't super cold or, or wet or nasty or anything. They had actually... I think just had some very serious weather, I think north of there in Portland. And so we were very blessed not to be snowed in in Eugene, but we just got a little sprinkling, which was lovely. So came back and immediately did another speaking event at the beginning of March. So if you haven't heard me talk about my speaking events and you're like, how in the world does this work with the number of kids that you have? And by the way, I have to say this because I'm literally watching this happen as I speak to you and it is cracking me up. But I'm recording this in the pool house of the rental that our insurance has put us up in with our house being flooded. And I'm watching my 16-year-old son do a cold plunge in the pool. It is what today is December 26th. And he just jumped in the pool before his basketball practice because that's how committed he is to having a good practice. <laughs> I think I could learn something from that level of commitment, at least in that area. Um, I'm not a fan of cold plunging in the slightest. I've done it a couple of times and I'm not going to say that it converted me, even though I'm sure it has its benefits. Um, so I did a speaking event in March and the way that I do my speaking events typically is it will be a one day thing. I will fly in the afternoon or evening before I will be there during the day. And then I actually fly back that night um, and I catch the last flight into our little municipal airport, which is usually at about 11.50 at night. And so it's a very quick turnaround, but I'm gone for about 36 hours usually. So I did a speaking event in Chicago and my best friend got to come to that. And we had a whole setup for paint and pros and then, oh, the other significant thing that happened in February was we applied for um, passport photos, well, for passports, but we got our photos taken and applied for passports for Titus and Toby. And the reason that's significant, I will explain to you in just a little bit. You guys may, may know if you were following along on social media what I'm going to tell you about those, but we applied for those in early February. So March did another speaking event. In the midst of this, obviously, I'm doing homeschooling and regular life, just, you know, mom teaching fitness classes, doing regular stuff, recording podcasts, writing blog posts, you know, um, and getting ready for the launch of hard is not the same thing as bad, which 
the whole book writing process is about a two year long thing. You sign a contract, you write the manuscript, you turn in the manuscript, you do edits, you design a cover, you do some more edits, you um, do some publicity planning and all of these things that kind of get you ready to be able to actually put the book in people's hands. It's quite a process. There are a lot of steps. So some of those steps were taking place during that spring as well. Um, we also had a speaking event and I say we, because my girls got to go with me on this one to Round Rock, Texas, which is about three hours away, kind of in the Houston-ish area. Someone the other day asked me on a, what do you want to know Wednesday question? Like what my favorite restaurants in Houston were. And I, I couldn't help but think, I don't think you understand how big Texas is and how far away from Houston I am because I almost never go to that area. I usually go the Dallas direction, which is about two hours away from us. And so I do not have any Houston restaurant recommendations for you, but we were sort of in that area for the Teach Them Diligently Homeschool Conference. Um, and by the way, if you are a fan of that conference, I will be speaking at both of their conferences. One is in Branson, Missouri, and one is in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, I believe, in the spring. So look for registration for that. I think it's already open. Um, so did a Teach Them Diligently conference. Again, kind of a really quick turnaround. We, we drove in on a Thursday evening. We set up our booth for Paint and Pros. If you're not familiar with what Paint and Pros is, it's the apparel and sticker and print shop that I have with my best friend and husband. She's the artist that does the illustrations for both my books. Um, soon to be a third book as well that will also be illustrated that goes together with the trilogy of Emma's for Mama and Hard is Not the Same Thing as Bad. And her name is Lindsay. And my husband's name is Sean. He's been on the podcast before. And y'all should know who he is by now. But if you don't, fantastic guy. Love doing business with him as well as being married to him. So we have that business together. And we take our merch, which kind of flows over into Emma's for Mama merch. If you are watching this episode, you know that I have on the Flower Mama sweatshirt. And um, that's one of our best sellers. And, and so that's kind of Emma's for Mama merch as well as Paint and Pros merch. So we set up that booth. And the girls and I, actually, it was at a family resort, which had a water park. And so the girls and I set up our booth, worked the booth for several hours, and then ran to the water park and played for like two hours. I think I have that backwards, actually. We set up the booth. We still had a couple of hours to go until we had to be at the booth to run it. So we ran to the water park, played for like two hours, ran back, threw our clothes on, worked the booth. And then I had two or three sessions the next day. And in between we were working the booth together and just such a fun experience to see them growing up and becoming little women and being so confident and assured and helpful. And they're just really good at it. Honestly, they love people. They interact well with people and they are really in their element when they are helping people, um, get things that they need or want or find sizes for them or just chat with them and, and smile at them. And I love seeing them be a blessing to others. That's our family motto. And um, when I see my kids living it out, it's such an encouragement that, you know, this is sinking in. This is working. We are seeing fruit. Um, the efforts are not in vain. Those are always such nice moments as moms, right? To know that our efforts are paying off and that um, we're, we're able to see our kids growing and maturing. So they got to go to that one with me. And this whole time in spring, we are marching toward this giant trip that I mentioned. And if you want to know more detail about that, I did an entire European trip recap, a couple of episodes on that, um, which give you all the details and break down where we went and 
what we did while we were there, what we ate, that kind of thing. So if you're interested in more detail about that, be sure to check out those podcasts if you haven't heard them yet. But we were working our way toward that goal. So um, buying clothes, buying backpacks, you know, making sure we had all of our travel gear and info in order. So it kind of felt like spring of 2023 was one giant to-do slash checklist. Like do all the normal daily stuff, but also keep in mind that there are these deadlines to meet and there are these things to check off. And we are constantly getting closer to this big day, which was May 1st was the day we were leaving for Europe. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that I had a graduating senior. And so we are also marching forward toward graduation and graduation parties and everything that you have to do to prep for that. And so just a really busy, fun-filled, somewhat hectic, mostly not chaotic. I think when you know going into a season that you're going to have to check all of these boxes and you're able to kind of pray through those and you're on the same page with your spouse and you're both working toward the same goal, that there can be a lot of satisfaction and joy in the process in the midst of the fact that it is, it's a lot of work and it's a lot to keep up with. So somewhere around the end of March, when we did this event in Round Rock, Sean and I start talking about the fact that we still don't have our passports for Titus and Toby. And we have, you know, a month and change until we have to leave. We paid expedite fees just in case. We were supposed to get them back in six weeks for sure. But just in case, we paid expedite fees. And it's been over six weeks. We still don't have them. We're starting to get maybe a little nervous, but not panicked or anything yet. (laughs) Yet. That's a key word. So we keep going through April. And we knew that our school year was going to be done at the very end of April. That's when our co-op was ending. Sometimes we go several weeks beyond that, but we knew we were getting all of our work done by then because we were leaving for Europe and that was the rest of our school. Those six weeks in Europe was kind of our life schooling to cap off our 2023 school year. And so we were making sure to stay on top of all of our projects and all of our book work. We were doing read alouds and all of those things that you do as a homeschooling family, just every day, but it's already, you know, kind of filling your time. And so everything is kind of coming down to this last month before we leave for Europe. Still don't have the passports. I still have some speaking events to do. Um, We've got spring break in there, which we chose to keep really low key. Understandably. I think we took a trip to Dallas and got some Costco stuff and went to, they have this uh, cute little area beside the Costco that we go to, which is an hour and a half away called the Harbor with a lake. It doesn't even look like Texas anymore. They have a cute little lighthouse and we take our stuff out there and spread out on the lawn. I think that's as exciting as we got on spring break because we had so many things going on. And um, I actually did a speaking event right after my dates are running together, but I think it was right after spring break and in Ohio. So I knew I had that coming up. And so we just had a chill week together as a family for spring break. Did that event in Ohio. Same thing. Flew in on a Friday, spoke all day on a Saturday, came home Saturday evening, got home about midnight. Um, and then I had one more speaking event in the end of April. And we were starting to get real with this whole passport situation with Titus and Toby. So I posted to social media about a week and change before Ezra's graduating, 
my last speaking event is happening. And then two days later we leave for, um, for Europe. And people started giving us suggestions of how we could get these passports in time because we have been calling the passport office. We have been trying to get appointments to go get a passport in an expedited fashion. And they're telling us, well, the closest place we have is El Paso or the closest place we have is Denver. And the thought of adding a flight or a long drive to one of those places in the midst of all the other things that we are trying to check off on our list was just really overwhelming. And so finally, someone suggested that we call our local state representative and they would be able to perhaps expedite the process or get us another appointment. And so I think in the course of the week leading up to when we were leaving for Europe, because we were that down to the wire, not because we hadn't been checking on it, not because we hadn't been calling the passport office. In fact, we had, and they had told us that we were not allowed to officially get another appointment until we were... I don't remember how many days out, but it was like, we couldn't do anything until we were about two weeks out. And then we were, when we were two weeks out, we called and they said, yeah, you're two weeks out. So you can start the process, but you can't actually get the appointment until you have like a week to go or five, I think it was five days to go. My husband will listen to this and probably be thinking that was not exactly how it went. The details are fuzzy, but I just remember thinking, you've got to be kidding me that we have to wait till it's down to the wire before we can officially do something drastic about this. So we, um, we got in the course of that week leading up to our trip, probably five different appointments because we discovered, and here's a hot tip for you. I don't know if this still works because I feel like things change from month to month, but our state representative was able to give us, get us a better appointment, but it's still, I'm not going to remember exactly what it was, but it still wasn't amazing. It was still quite a drive and, and, uh, at an inconvenient time. And I know that sounds bougie when you're trying to get passports, but inconvenient to the tune of, we were going to have to rearrange some major things to get to this appointment. And so what we discovered that works the best was we called as soon as the passport office opened every single morning for several mornings straight, and they would have a different time and a different day for each time that we called because apparently they're given a handful of appointments to pass out at the beginning of the day. And then it's a free for all after that. So at one point, the appointment that we had was the day that we were leaving for Europe at eight o'clock in the morning. And we left at like four in the afternoon and man, was I sweating bullets when that was our best option. Well, hilariously in the midst of this, the girl that we took with us to help out with the little kids or to be at a rental with them if we needed to take the big kids somewhere and it, the little kids weren't going to do particularly well in an outing, which ended up being a fantastic idea. We had such a good experience taking Rachel, who is also one of my virtual assistants that I hired in the spring of 2023 with us. Um, she realized in looking at her passport that hers was expired. Now, that may sound like, how in the world did this girl not know this before a week before you were leaving? But in the process of our panicking about Titus and Toby, because we really were pretty close to, you know, we were getting a little frazzled by this point. Um, oh, and I, and I have to clarify that it was just Toby's that we ended up needing. They finally sent Titus's picture and his passport. They rejected the picture for Toby and we had to get another picture and get an expedited appointment and all this stuff. So we were running around trying to figure this out. In the midst of my son graduating on a Saturday and our having a graduation party for him the week before, it was just nuts, y'all. It was nuts. 
And um, so, so our friend and my employee that we're taking with us looks at her passport and realizes that unlike the rest of her family, whose passports weren't expired and they often travel together, she, she had assumed that hers was the same. And I understand why hers had already expired or was it within the six month range where you can't leave the country if it's about to expire. I can't remember which it was. So she is now doing the same thing we're doing. She is calling the passport office each morning to see what they have. At one point, they've got a, an appointment in Hawaii. That's the closest and best thing that they have. <laughs> they are trying to figure out how to get her to Hawaii and back with a passport before we leave. I mean, it, it got real. And so um, we called one more time. And they ended up having an appointment for Sean on the Wednesday or the Thursday before I was speaking in Dallas. He went up there. So it was kind of like, we have this appointment if you can come. And he went. He took Toby. He got his picture taken. And it was funny because the lady looked at the passport photo that we showed her that was rejected. She says, I have no idea why this was rejected. This is like a textbook, wonderful passport photo for a two-year-old. So no idea why that happened. So Sean goes there. He and Toby get everything taken care of, but they don't do it on the same day. They say, you're going to have to come back and pick this up. And then almost the exact same thing happens for our friend that's going with us. They call and they say, we have a passport appointment in like an hour and 50 minutes. And we live two hours from Dallas. If you can come at this time, we can get you in. And so they jumped in the car and they drove to Dallas as fast as they could go, you know, legally, and got hers done. I think it was on the same day or maybe the day after we got Toby's done. This is with three or four days to go till we leave. And they were told the same thing. You cannot get it today. You're going to have to come back and pick it up. Well, as it so happened, I was speaking at my very last event on Friday, which was like April 29th or something like that, or April 28th. And so we drove up there. Sean went with me. He listened to my first talk. Then he drove to the passport office, picked up Toby's passport. My friend, who is the mom of the girl that was going with us, went and was at the same event. She was attending as a homeschool mom. I was speaking as a homeschool mom. And um, she went and picked up her daughter's passport. So we got our passports on the same day with two days to spare. What a ride. So... When we found out that they weren't giving them on the same day, like you go, you could go and do your appointment, but they weren't giving you the actual passport. We were so relieved that we hadn't stuck with that appointment with those, that was the same day of. Now, they did say that they prioritized whoever had to leave the most imminently, and that would definitely have been us leaving on that day. So presumably they could have still gotten it done, but man, a lot of stress, especially considering that when it came down to the day that we were leaving, of course, there were things that you know, popped up that we weren't even expecting. And we left a little bit later than we wanted to. And the line, I think, was really, really, really long, even with our being there. I say we left later. I think we left at a good time. We were in Dallas a good two and a half hours before we needed to be for our flight. Um, and yet we ended up much closer to the wire than we wanted to be because of several factors. I think the luggage line took a long time and, um, they had messed up our tickets, so we had to go in another line and figure that out. It was a lot of tickets. It was 13 of us. Um, and so we jumped on this flight with, you know, just enough time to spare and headed to Europe. And again, if you want to hear our entire European recap, you can do that in the podcast that I did for that. But just an absolutely fantastic six weeks 
in Europe that we had actually planned to do four or five years ago, gotten canceled by COVID and then revisited once the babies, Titus and Toby, were kind of old enough to be a little more functional um, and ended up having just the trip of a lifetime with our kids. An absolutely fabulous experience. Hard, challenging, difficult at times, but 100% worth every single inconvenience or missed subway or, you know, bad attitude or meltdown or missed toddler nap or whatever, all the things that, you know, end up causing some stress that is inevitable, but man, so worth it. Such a good experience. So came back from that in the middle of June, like literally June 14th or 15th, I believe. During that trip, Ezra turned 17, his birthday is in May, and Sean and I celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary. So it was an eventful trip. And then we came back and and summer ended up being such a lovely couple of months of rest and respite and recovery from the crazy that had started in January and just kept right on going through June. Um, we actually started playing pickleball in June when we came back, or maybe it was early July when we came back. Our like The gym that I teach at resurfaced some of their tennis courts for pickleball courts, and I had heard about it and was just kind of like, eh, you know, sounds like it could be fun, but I don't know anything about pickleball. And then we went kind of just for fun to try it out sometime in July, and we're completely hooked. So I have a background in ping pong. My dad taught my brother and me to play ping pong from an early age. We've always been really competitive. Um, and then uh, racquetball, tons of racquetball, not tennis so much. I've played a little bit, but never really learned to play well. And then my husband has a background in all three of those things as well. Um, so ping pong player, racquetball player, tennis player. And so pickleball is kind of the perfect segue from playing those kind of racket slash paddle sports. So we really got into Pickleball played as often as made sense to play when you have 10 kids. Fortunately, my gym has childcare, which makes it a little easier to go play on a Saturday morning and um, take the little boys with us. So that was really fun. I also hired a fantastic virtual assistant. I have a podcast about the Lord providing her genuinely just someone that came to mind and I think the Lord was the one that absolutely brought her to mind and has been a huge blessing in my life and hired her um, technically while we were still in Europe. She started working for me and then really hit the ground running in the summer. And I'm just those moments when you look back and you're like, wow, Lord, you really were so kind to provide what you did when you did, because those more restful, calmer months, not knowing what was coming. <laughs> at the very end of the summer, um, were so great. We did so much planning for my book launch party, which happened at the end of September. Hard is not the same thing as bad was released at the beginning of September. And there were just a lot of logistics to work through. Um, you know, vendors to line up things to buy, uh, things to schedule podcasts to schedule, just, just lots and lots. And I was able to do that during a much calmer season. We weren't doing homeschooling. We take off for the summer. And so it just felt like a good balance of work and play summer of 2023. And I will forever be grateful for that kind of deep breath um, that were the months of July and early August. Now the deep breath got fully blown out in a 
gut punch of oof, Florida, I didn't see that coming at the end of August. I think it was August 24th when I walked downstairs into a shallow lake of water in our entire downstairs, which had flooded because the sprayer hose of the, the sprayer on the side of our sink had burst in the night. We went to bed at midnight, woke up at 6.30, and in the six and a half hours that we were asleep, man, that thing must have just gone as soon as I went to bed and was still going when I came downstairs and because there was water everywhere. So that kicked off a series of events where we ended up demoing most of our downstairs from, you know, three feet up and down. So all of our flooring came out, all of our cabinetry came out, and we made some design decisions on the countertops and everything because the exterior cabinetry was so soaked that it was ruined and in danger of being a mold hazard. So the mold remediation company said those are going to have to go. I just remember my brain just about exploding when we had broomed and, and shop vacked and mopped and gotten all the towels out and gotten everything cleaned up and dried up as much as we possibly could, knowing that we couldn't save our flooring. It was laminate and there was no way that we were going to be able to save it. And my brain is thinking, wow, that's a lot of flooring to replace. This is going to be quite the process. And then the mold remediation guy said, because he was there, Sean called him and he was there probably within two hours of when we started cleaning, when we were up in the morning. And I remember his saying, you're going to have to, you know, all of the cabinets have to go and all of the baseboards and we're going to have to cut into your walls and we're going to have to cut into your other cabinets to see if there's any mold in there and, or, or how wet it is in there. So there won't be mold and get fans in here. And man, my, I just stared in shock. And I remember thinking like, Lord, the timing of this could not be worse in my mind. I had been girding my loins for the beginning of the school year the launch of a book, multiple speaking events, multiple birthdays. We had the quad birthday in there um, where Evie and Nola and Titus and Tobias all have the same birthday at the end of September. Uh, Christmas, you know, just knew that it was going to be another spring 2023 where I was going to have my mindset on the things that I had to do. And then the daily things were going to obviously be going ticking along like usual. And it was going to be a lot. And then the flood happened. And it was amazing though, how the Lord so quickly showed me the ways that he was using this to speak to readers and to speak to people who were watching and to say, listen, I don't do things the way that you would do things or the way that you would have preferred to do things. And yet I am still good. And I know better than you know. And I've talked about this before in other episodes, but so many people said, I bought your book because your house flooded. And I saw that you meant what you say when you say that it's hard, but it's not necessarily bad. And even when it's bad in the sense that nobody wants their house flooded, nobody wants to have to redo their entire downstairs. Um, nobody wants cancer. Nobody wants divorce. Nobody wants these things that genuinely are not positive things. They're not just lessons. They're hardship, their suffering, you know, even though that's the case, the Lord can still use those things to ask us, do you trust me? Do you think I am able to use even this for good? 
Um, and no, I'm not equating a house flood with divorce and, and cancer. I think that there are definitely scales of suffering and your house flooding. I mean, I told the story when I talked about the house flood, about how Sean heard me yelling his name and it was reverberating through our upstairs and he thought it was coming from the nursery and our little boy had had an allergic reaction to a sting and he thought for sure that something horrible had happened to him. And when he realized that it was, quote, just the house flooding, the relief that he felt through his whole body was just so profound and he found himself thanking the Lord that it was a house flood, not a child who had succumbed to an allergic reaction. You know, just there are so many things that the Lord gives us if we have eyes to see and if we're willing to let him work in our hearts to give us perspective. Um, and so it wasn't what I would have chosen. And yet the Lord was already using it for good, even just the day it happened. And I've heard so many stories from readers who have said, you won't believe this, but my house flooded a week after that. My house flooded a month later. My house flooded the same day. And the perspective of hard is not the same thing as bad. Their perspective of knowing I was not alone. Their perspective of knowing people do walk through this and there can still be good in it has really helped me so much. I'm so grateful that the Lord used it in that way. And I wouldn't have foreseen that. And yet at the same time, that is how he is. That's, that's what he does. He uses the hard for good. And so walked through that about three weeks in the house with it completely torn up. And the downstairs is where we do life. The downstairs is where we cook and do school and uh, play in the living room. And it's just where we spend 90% of our time. We sleep upstairs and we spend time upstairs, but that's kind of where the hub of all of our family activities is. And so I was really girding my loins for a couple of months. That's kind of what I thought it would be. The mold remediation people were saying up to six months. That didn't seem like it probably would be the case if we were doing the work ourselves, even with some delays. So we were thinking up to three months, somewhere in that range, um, realistically, and that we would be there during the process. And then our insurance company, even though we told them to stop, kept looking for a rental for us. And about three weeks after the flood happened, called and told us they'd found a rental and we were very skeptical, but it turned out to be ideal. There was room for our family. I'm sitting in the pool house, which is where my boys sleep so that there's enough beds. And with the beds here, there's just enough beds for everybody. Um, so the Lord really worked out the details amazingly. And yet it has dragged on. Um, there have been mistakes. We are dealing with some of them right now that have put us back yet another several weeks into 2024 before we can move back. There have been delays. You know, it's, I think since 2020, construction delays are kind of the norm. And so um, we've definitely experienced some of those and some things that are unexpected that have cropped up that weren't what we were planning on it. You know, just, you can't always know what's coming. Of course. I mean, that's such a basic statement. We don't know what's coming and yet the Lord does. Um, and then hard is not the same thing as bad launched right after we started school and it was immediately on the Publishers Weekly bestseller list for a couple of weeks, which was amazing. That is the um, the bestseller list for all hardback books, not just faith-based hardback books or motherhood hardback books. So to make that top 25 a couple of weeks in a, in a row as a motherhood book from a Christian author blows my mind. Um, and you guys responded so well and were so supportive. And um, it's just still mind-boggling to me that I have had the opportunity to fulfill this lifelong 
dream um, goal of being able to write books and put them in your hands. And so that just, I I don't think I'll ever take that for granted or not be thankful that the Lord has allowed that to come to fruition. Um, So homeschooling is going, the book is being launched. We have the book launch party at the end of September. And again, my assistant Becca and I had done so much prep in the summer that even though it was a ridiculous amount of work, ridiculous amount of work to bring together 250 moms from around the state. And even people flew in from Washington and from Idaho and from Virginia and North Carolina. Um, it, it went really, really well and was such a fun experience. I even got to have my friend Emily Morrow from Really Very Crunchy fly in and stay with our family. And again, the Lord had provided this pool house for her family to stay in. I'm sure that's what he had in mind when he flooded our house in August. It was a great place for them to stay. I say that tongue in cheek um, and just such a fun experience. And then my birthday was in October, is in October, the beginning of October, October 6th. And my husband and I got to fulfill another long-term goal of getting to go to Banff, Alberta, Canada. Um, it was just gorgeous. We got to go for several days. My amazing mom and dad came and stayed here and held down the fort. I will say as an aside that I saw a really funny, um, riff on grammar and etymology and linguistics from a British man who was saying that it's ridiculous that Americans say hold down the fort as if it's, you know, a balloon that's going to float away when it should be hold the fort, which makes way more sense. But I just can't get the hold down the fort out of my vocabulary. So my parents were holding down the fort, whether it was going to float away or not. And um, so we got to do that trip. And then not long after that, I had a speaking event, which had been planned for many, many months at the Wellness Collective, which is run by some friends of mine whom I met via the internet, but have gotten to meet multiple times in real life, face-to-face. The internet is real life, but face-to-face and um, got to speak there. um, And just such a fun, fun event. It's a two-day event with um, 350 women each day and they have shopping booths. So we brought our stuff from Peyton Pros. My girls came and worked the booth worked their magic just like they had in the spring. I'm telling you, they're good. And my husband got to come. So that turned into a really fun fall trip to a beautiful part of the country. It takes place in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So the colors on the trees were gorgeous. And we even got to go visit a, um, an Amish family who invited us to come for a buggy ride and invited us into the home and showed us just how they live. And, um, she was a longtime reader and just such a sweet, sweet reader friend that was kind to us to give us that experience. Um, girls had a blast. I had a blast. Sean had a blast. Um, so we had an awesome time in Pennsylvania. And then at the very end of October, we took our annual trip. We used to take it to Colorado and we just decided that that was too long of a drive. And we have instead been driving to Beaver's Bend, Oklahoma, Broken Bow, um, actually we stay in Hochatown, if you're familiar with that area and we stay in an Airbnb in a cabin and this one had a pickleball court and a basketball court. So my basketball obsessed son who is cold plunging, um, in preparation for practice, as well as Ezra, Sean and I, who are all pickleball obsessed just a little bit, got our fixes while we were there. And, um, you know, everybody else joins in and we have a lot of fun. That's just something that we've done as a trip as a fall trip 
at about the same time, the very end of October, beginning of November for probably six or seven years now. And we just really enjoy it. And we enjoy going places where there actually is a fall because Broken Bow has some beautiful color in the trees as well as cooler temps. So that was, that was a really nice recoup time for our family before heading into the crazy that is the holiday season. Kind of feels like you clackety clack up to the top of a roller coaster and teeter there at the top, just staring down into what ends up being your life on fast forward. I know that so many of you can relate. Those last two months of the year just kind of feel like they're a blur. So we zoomed into November. Sean had some travel and, um, and we had school and Thanksgiving, of course. Thankfully, we have both of our families close by, so we don't have to travel far for Thanksgiving. And um, my friend Lindsay and I always do two trips per year, one around her birthday time, which is in May, and one around my birthday time, which is in October. But the October one has been so busy the last several years that it usually gets bumped to, toward like the middle of November. We take a trip to Dallas do just a quick 24 hour turnaround. Um, we have kind of our routine. We hit the same places, do the same things, but we love it. And so somewhere in there, we did that. Um, got to do a little bit of shopping for, for the kitchen renovation, get some cabinet hardware, things like that. And so here we are all the way to December of 2023. And I don't even know that I could accurately tell you what happened in December. It has been such a, um, one thing to the next, but nothing, no big trips. And then that brings us all the way to December of 2023. And, um, I won't even bore you with all of the details, but there were, you know, parties and holiday prep and gift buying and, you know, fun outings as a family to go see a movie and time with friends and making of treats and, I, I talked about this some um, last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago when I was talking about the concept that I really hadn't felt terribly merry, hadn't felt the Christmas cheer, Christmas magic, whatever you want to call it this year. Um, I think that's after recapping that year, that's not so surprising. I tend to downplay busyness, um, requirements on my time and energy, I tend to say, yes, but I feel fine. Or, um, I, I, you know, it's, it could be worse or a lot of people have it way more hectic and way busier and way more stressful. And, you know, some people are working three jobs and, and I think that all of those are true and it is really important to keep perspective on the challenges that we have. Um, but several people have said this phrase to me and maybe I've even mentioned it on the podcast before, but good stress is still stress. So there have been some stresses that are not super positive this year. And yet there have been a lot of stresses that are good things, getting to release a book, getting to go out of the country with my family. Um, even, even a kitchen renovation, however unexpected and undesired getting to make those decisions to move forward in that, that that can be a form of good stress, but it's still taking up space in your brain. And so I will say that one thing that the Lord was really kind to do, and it's kind of an unexpected thing. Um, we typically have not been sick this year. We have been very healthy and praise God for that. There have definitely been little episodes. We had a whole month of impetigo that ran through 
multiple people. I even got it on my finger and looked like my finger was falling off. Had never dealt with that before. Highly, highly recommend against getting it if you have any control over that. Um, and so it's not always, you know, buttercups and sunshine in the health department, but in general, we have been quite well. And then we had one child that got sick a couple of weeks ago and ended up with strep. And so have been nursing him and, um, he's been improving and doing fine and steadily coming back to himself. Strep is just kind of a nasty animal. And, um, we went to a nurse practitioner at one point and she said that this particular strain of strep is just kind of mean and you really feel bad while you have it. And so nursing him back and he was doing so much better. And then right before Christmas, he said that he was tired and his throat was hurting. And so I ended up not being able to go to Christmas Eve festivities at my husband's family's house. And while I don't like missing out on things that my family gets to go to, I felt like that was such a kindness from the Lord in some ways, because my child who wasn't feeling particularly well needed sleep. He ended up sleeping that whole afternoon while we were home on Christmas Eve. And I had the little boys, Titus and Toby with me too. They weren't, they weren't sick, but it was good for them to be able to take naps and have kind of a slower day. And I ended up being able to um, clean and clean out my refrigerator, prep all my food for Christmas day. Cause we do specific things on Christmas day that we like to eat as traditions, um, take a nap while my little boys were down for naps. It just, sometimes the most unexpected things are the things that are the biggest blessings. So while I'm recapping an entire year and it seems like a silly thing to say that, and then on Christmas Eve, I stayed home with three little boys and that was a blessing from the Lord. I just wanted to acknowledge that, that sometimes those moments of rest are really the ones that our souls are craving and they may not come in the ways that we would have chosen to have them. I don't want my children to be sick and I don't want to miss out on things. Um, the Lord is still gracious to give them to us. So I actually ended up, here's the update on where my Christmas spirit ometer ended up being, my Christmas cheerometer ended up being. I ended up in a much better headspace on Christmas Day as a result of having Christmas Eve quiet at home with three little boys, which I know that's funny to say because it was a six-year-old and two three-year-olds, and that doesn't sound like a restful age. Um, but when you have 10 kids being home with three kids, even the younger kids just feels different. You know, it, it just hits different and it doesn't feel as hectic. And there aren't as many people asking you things and there aren't as many voices in the house and people bouncing basketballs and all the things. So it was um, just an unexpected, but very welcome respite. And I was able to feel such joy and peace and appreciation and gratitude on Christmas day not just as a result of that, but I do feel like that that affected my attitude. And at one point when I was up quite late, um, technically Christmas day, because it was probably one in the morning, wrapping up the last presents with Sean while we watched a movie. And I said, I'm just so grateful that that version of me that was kind of maxed out and it hit my limit and didn't feel the cheer is not the one that's entering Christmas. And he said something like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad for that too. And I kind of looked at him like, oh, you're, you're glad, you know, that version of me, that was that version of me, so scary. I was just making a joke of it. And he said, you were stressed. Like you genuinely 
that was, that was stressful for you. And, um, you, you had a lot, you know, you had a lot on your plate and, and I appreciated that acknowledgement. I think that we all sometimes need to hear that, that legitimately what was going on was stressful. You were stressed. It was something that genuinely needed addressing. So kind of an interesting ending to a year long recap. But if you find yourself at the end of the year, as so many of us do, kind of contemplating what just happened in the, in the past year, looking forward to what's ahead, trying to recalibrate, I want to acknowledge to you that um, hard things are genuinely hard. They are not just made up in our heads. They can take on many forms and there is definitely a sliding scale because there are people that have it quote so much worse than I do. And I quote, have it so much worse than someone else does, depending on how you look at it. There's always something that we could let drag us down. And there are certain times when it kind of feels like we don't have complete control over that, that our emotions are on some wild ride and they're just dragging us with them. Um, But I want to encourage you, as I always do, that while we acknowledge those things and while we say it's good that we're not alone and we call a spade a spade and we call a hard thing a hard thing, that that we turn our eyes upon Jesus. So in this last week of the year, as if you're like me, you get really introspective and really contemplative about what worked, what didn't work, what you'd like to change, what you're grateful for what you're happy with, what you wish you would have done better. Um, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his glorious face. He, I wrote this the other day and I just felt like it was words that the Lord gave me. He walks beside us in our sorrows and our joys. He is right beside us, not always sparing us from the hard stuff, but never forsaking us. I'm so glad you're here, friends, and I can't wait to share more with you in 2024. I will see you guys soon. If you enjoy the MS for Mama podcast, I would be so honored if you would subscribe and follow along, maybe share with friends or even leave a review. And if you want more content on motherhood and biblical responses to cultural issues, be sure to follow along on Instagram at m.is.for.mama.